Welcome into the Bengals Nation podcast. Jed Demusi joined by Bengals beat reporter on Local12.com, Richard Skinner. A new venture for us. Yes, we'll see how this, how this works. We'll get your insight and then give you a taste of what's to come Saturday night on Bengals Nation. Let's start with week one against the Seahawks. We just heard what Zach Taylor had to say. We're taping this on Wednesday afternoon. And he did give some insight on a couple of different guys. Cordy Glenn, the tackle. He's day-to-day. He's still in the protocol. And so right now we just continue to take it day-by-day with him. Not expected to play. I mean, I can't imagine. A guy's in protocol still on, on Wednesday. Um, yeah, he's still got to go through a, 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 a rehab stint. He's still got to go through a workout. You only really have one more practice this week, which is Thursday's practice. I think it'd be very hard to get him cleared in time to play on Sunday in Seattle. That does not bode well. And by the time you're listening to this, you may already know what Cordy's future is for week one in Seattle. If he doesn't play, what happens? Andre Smith starts at left tackle, and Andre's been a career right tackle. Um, They sound like they have confidence in him. Zach Taylor in the press conference sounded like it. Yeah, he's been in the league a long time. And, you know, I know he left here and came back, but... You know, he, he's a guy that's excited for the opportunity. We have a lot of confidence in what we've seen him do so far this preseason and in practice. He's a smart guy. Um, he loves football. He loves being around it. And so so excited that if he's got to play, he's got to play, and we got a lot of confidence in him. Jim Turner last week when we talked to him sounded like it. Um, but I think that's what a coach is going to say, right? I have my doubts. It's a very tall task. I mean, you got Bobby Hart who struggled in the noise in Indy last year in the opener at right tackle. Um, he had a bunch of false starts last season. They think they've gotten it straightened out. He had a pretty good preseason in that regard. And now Andre's starting a new venture at left tackle. That That's a tall task. I don't care who you're playing in week one, let alone you're playing Seattle in Seattle with Ziggy Ansah supposed to be playing, with Javion Clowney, at least by guarantee of playing on passing downs. Man, that's a tall task. You better stay out of third and seven. That's all I can tell you. Offensively, a bit of insight from Taylor. He facetiously sort of said he expects John Ross to play two or three plays, and everyone kind of laughed. And then someone circled back and said, do you expect him to play against Seattle? And his answer was yes. So John Ross in this offense, not sure what he's going to be able to bring to the table, but at least that's something that the Bengals may have. Yeah, I did a story on John Monday, and and John talked about how he feels like he's he's even faster. And I think the whole thing for him saying that is that he's finally healthy, 100% healthy. Um, I think there's a variety of ways, and I think everybody thinks of John as just a home run threat, and, and John doesn't want to be pigeonholed as that guy. A few practices that we got a chance to peek on uh, here in the last couple of weeks, we don't get a chance to, to see a lot. You saw them try to get John touches in different ways, in bubble screens, in, in, out in space. And if you want to slow a pass rush down, those are the ways to do it. Get it in your a playmaker's hand out on the perimeter. Get it in your running back's hands out on the perimeter. But, hey, look, if John says he's fully healthy, I'm going to take him at his word, and if I'm taking it at his word, he needs to produce something for this offense. I mean, this is no longer, boy, I hope John does does okay. No, it's time for John to do something. Your 2017 first-round draft pick. Injuries have derailed you. Some other things have derailed you. Um, you're, you're now healthy. Let, let's see it. Let, let's see it in week one. You'd you be a difference maker on offense. That's what you were drafted to be. Do I expect 10 catches for 190 and three touchdowns? No. But I do expect him to have some level of productivity where you go, okay, that's what I needed to see. That's what I've been missing. Seattle, offensively, their wide receiver productivity is in question. They've got a couple of guys who may not be able to go, most notably their wide receiver out of Ole Miss that they drafted, D.K. Metcalf. He's questionable at best in in this game. This is a team that likes to run the ball and a team that also has some issues at wide receiver. So a heavy dose of run, do you think, when they have the football? Yeah, you would think so. Um, You know, this was a Bengals defense that uh, that last year was was, – 
you know, pretty much torn up in both, and you really didn't change a whole lot of personnel. I know they've been working on some stuff schematically with a five-man front. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing that in action. I really think you're going to see that a lot of times. Um, it also helped mask the fact that you only have four linebackers. I think you'll see some 4-3. That's still their base defense. Um, but I also think that they feel like, look, we've got a lot of good defensive linemen. Let's get them as many on the field as we can. And, you know, you put five guys at the point of attack, it maybe does free up the couple of linebackers. It maybe does help you do some things schematically. Because that's what you're asking Lou Anarumo to do. You're asking him, here's the same bunch of guys as last year, a defense that was a sieve, and we're actually taking, we're going to take your slot corner away in Darquez Denard because he's hurt, and now you have to figure out how to do to make it work. Now, they do get Carl Lawson back, who didn't play much last right. year because of injury. But you didn't add much, right? I mean, it's the same group. So I think he's, he, I've watched him do some things schematically. They did not unveil any of it in the preseason. I get it. They don't want to put it on tape. But I, I am really looking forward to what he might be able to do with this defense and some of the things he's trying to scheme up. Joe Bernard earlier this week getting a contract extension. Zach Taylor thinks the world of him. A guy that, that does it, he's consistent every day with his approach, so you know what you're getting from the player. Um, he's very detailed with his craft. He's a good runner. He's a good receiver. He's a good protector. He fits all three of those traits that you like in a running back, and, and particularly a number two running back, you know, because Gio gets the brunt of the stuff. And I mean, I'm sorry, Joe gets the brunt of the stuff, but... Um, just a dependable guy that uh, has always been reliable and goes about it the right way and sets a great example for the other players on this team. And um, he was very deserving of what he got. With Joe Mixon healthy this year, can we really see potentially Gio Bernard unleashed and the fact that he's not going to have to be the every down back like he was at some points last year when Joe Mixon was out? Yeah, I, I think, you know, last year when Joe was healthy and Gio was healthy, you still got a heavy dose of Joe. I, I think you'll, he's still the main guy, and understandably so, but I do think they want to use running backs in the passing game, not just in the screen game, but in different different routes out of the backfield, and they want to use Joe and Gio, both those guys have that still set. If that's the case, you get Joe 20 touches a game. You get Gio 12 touches a game. I think that's a nice little mix that you can do. So I think that they really, when both are healthy, I think you'll see more of a heavy dose of Joe, obviously, but I think you'll see more Gio than what you saw uh, a season ago. I also think the signing is a little preemptive on their part. I mean, Joe's contract expires after next year. We see now this trend of running backs, right, that have decided, mm-hmm. hey, I got a year left. My leverage is I'm going to sit out unless you pay me. And if Joe has another great year, let's just go from the surmise that Joe has, a, has an even better year than last year when he led the AFC in rushing, and he, he was great last year. So he has a better year. He's got a leverage point. Well, the Bengals needed some insurance, I think, for that, and Gio, I think, is that an insurance policy. But for this year, I think there's a way they can coexist. I know there was the thought last year of using together. I don't really see a lot of that. But I do see the fact that they want to get running backs involved a lot in a lot of different ways. And you just can't you can't have a back touch it 25 times a game for 16 games and have him survive in this league. Maybe he does it for a year, but the longevity of that is not going to work. So I think that's where Geo comes into play. And I'm looking forward to seeing how they use both of them. All right, we'll get Richard Skinner's prediction for the game coming up on Sunday in just a little bit. Skinny, thanks so much. We'll see you in a bit. More from Skinny at the end of the pod. For now, let's dive into more from Zach Taylor's weekly press conference. A lot of folks were wondering, how will Andy Dalton and Taylor coexist? Could the new head coach look to move on from his quarterback? Turns out that coach and player relationship is getting better and better. Well, he's just very calm. You know, it's, it's whether you're putting in a new player or a play he's run a thousand times, he's, he's always just very level-headed. Um, and so, again, when you face adversity over the course of a season or within a game, at least you know your quarterback is that calming influence for everybody. Um, sometimes for the head coach too when you look over there and your quarterback's calm it calms you down so it's just it's really good to have a leader like him and someone who's got the the football acumen that he has 
he's he's really impressive to be around. Um, I like him more and more every day I'm around him, and I liked him a lot when I got here. So really glad that we have him. Seattle and CenturyLink Field, known for their hostile atmosphere, particularly how loud the 12th man can get for opposing teams. Zach Taylor played at Seattle once a year as a member of the Rams coaching staff, but cited an even louder environment when asked about crowd noise. Last year in New Orleans, I, don't, I didn't hear one play call in that championship game. Um, and so certainly uh, seen the worst of it. Seattle is, is one of the top environments on the road that I've ever been a part of. You got to over communicate. You know, we, we've really worked since springtime on, on our nonverbal communication. And that's one of the things we stress just in everyday life is the communication, both verbal and nonverbal, and making sure everyone's on the same page. And so it's a great test for us. You know, we, we feel like we've got good answers during that process, and uh, we can't let that be a factor on how we play on Sunday. As you heard earlier, Richard Skinner pointing out the recent acquisition of former Houston Texans defensive lineman Jadavian Clowney and how it could cause havoc for the Bengals' offensive line. Clowney may be a new face in Seattle, but he's playing a similar role for the Seahawks. Every snap I've ever seen of Seattle, um, has they've had an elite pass rusher, whether that be Michael Bennett or Frank Clark or Jadavion Clowney. And so, you know, we spent a lot of time watching tape from last season as well, and Frank Clark's all over that tape. I know he's not there anymore. So you're just you're seeing these pass rushers and these disruptive guys in the run game. They just substituted one for, for a great player. Jadavion's a great player. And so that's nothing new for us. When you play Seattle, they're going to have a very good defense. They're going to be physical on offense. They're going to be sound on special teams. That's nothing new. Whether they get players traded in or out, doesn't matter. They're going to be the same team, and they've had success over a long time. And so – um, we're, we're excited to match their intensity on Sunday. The Bengals are the biggest underdog in the league Sunday. Seattle favored by nine and a half points. Maybe the one advantage above all others Cincinnati has over Seattle, the element of surprise. The Seahawks won't be able to take much from what the Bengals put on tape this preseason. The head coach and both the offensive and defensive coordinators for the Bengals have never been in that respective role anywhere before in the NFL. Could that cause problems for their opponent? You hope that's the dilemma that they're in, you know, and and we know what we're doing. It's hard to speculate what they think we're going to do. That's not something we can really go too far down that road because then you get too far in your own head. And, uh, you know, it works both ways. There's always things as, as a new coach and a team that's run the same scheme for a long time. How much are they evolving? And so it, it, it there's both sides to it. And I think, uh, you know, both sides got to be ready to make some adjustments on Sunday as the game gets going. We will end the notable press conference moments with this. Zach Taylor, 36 years old, coaching against Seattle's Pete Carroll, who turned 68 later this month. Could Coach Taylor ever envision himself coaching with 70 knocking on the door? I, I love it. I mean, really, it's every day I come in here, I'm really excited. I don't know if people believe me or not, but... Um, you know, it's the hours fly by over the course of the day and, um, you know, it's just, it, it's fun. So I can imagine doing it for a long time. It's, um, you know, I'm just worried about winning this game this week. So it's hard to think about when I'm 68, but, uh, right now I, I, I could see that happening just because it, it's fun to be around and, you know, this is the environment we crave. We love being around the guys and, and all, all working forward, you know, trying to get a victory. That's, that's the key thing. And it's, that's a fun process to go through every single week. Saturday night at 11.30 on Local 12, the first Bengals Nation of the season will be on your television, featuring one of our favorites, defensive end Carlos Dunlap. 
one of the biggest personalities on the team, taking our microphone, going in the trenches, playing reporter, tracking down his teammates for interviews. One of the more insightful moments from the show this week, employee 96, as Dunlap likes to call himself, talking to Bengals running back Joe Mixon about Ezekiel Elliott signing a lucrative new contract. Ezekiel Elliott, people didn't think that he was going to get signed or play football week one or this season. Um, what does that say, you know, for a guy like him getting a big deal and setting the tone for the market? I mean, you're a guy who's up next for us, and we look forward to seeing that too. But right now, Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, no, I'm I'm definitely uh, happy for him. Um, You know, he definitely set the bar high for us. So uh, at the end of the day, man, you know, I just, you know, wish him the best. And I'm definitely glad and happy that he uh, struck that big deal, him and Todd. And uh, it's a couple more other guys coming up next, but, you know, he's got to play the part. More from Dunlap this week on Bengals Nation as he went around the locker room. Who's the new guy that's taking a shot at Dunlap's best dress title? This season, we're also bringing back the Keeping It 100 segment, where I take a stroll the length of the football field with a member of the Bengals. This week, new offensive coordinator Brian Callahan, whose family is successful no matter what line of work they get into. So your dad, obviously a history that that Callahan name is in football along with you. And then, I don't know, what relatives of yours had the auto parts store in Sandusky? Uh, That was my cousin, Tommy. That's big, big time, big time Callahan son. <laughs> could you sell a set of brake pads if you had to? Yeah, I think I could. <laughs> I think I could. I'd love to give you the line right now off the top of my head, but I'm afraid I butcher it. So. <laughs> you can get a good look at a T-bone by sticking your head up a. Well, I think we all know that line, don't we? More from Coach Callahan on this week's show. We'll also feature a rousing game of face-off. General knowledge questions between C.J. Uzama and Alex Erickson. These two guys almost had to be separated. The competitive spirit never dies. He saw the first. He saw. I didn't. He, he cheated. I didn't. He cheated. You raise your hand. The we same clearly time saw. You look at the sheet. All right, let's roll. Run let's roll. Let's roll. Away. Let's roll. No, I'm talking about. You saw the first question when we walked in. You looked at that paper. I don't even no, I didn't. Here. All right, let's go. Who will come out on top of the face-off, and will there be a rematch? Speaking of who will come out on top, let's end this week on our Bengals Nation podcast with our guy Richard Skinner. It's prediction time. Richard Skinner, 4.05, Sunday, on Local 12. What will the Bengals do? Give me a score prediction against Seattle. I, I know everybody has that dire thinking of that 9.5 points is, a, is an easy spread to look at, and they're going to go up there and lose 44-10, to 10. and they might. They, they very well, well might with that, with that offensive line. I just think there's enough newness uh, on both sides of the ball. Uh, Seattle has holes in the receiving game, as you mentioned, um, you know, and that's still a pretty good defense. I think this defense plays well in game one. I think the offense will probably struggle just because of the environment and being on the road. I'll go, I'll go 24-17 Seattle. So if you, if you want to take the Whoa. nine and a half points in the Bengals, that, that's, that's the way I'm going with it. The Bengals cover in week one, but, but do, do not, not do get not win. the win. Correct. Maybe they get a win in week two, which is when we'll join you next as we preview the San Francisco 49ers at home. For Richard Skinner, I'm Jed Demusi. This is the Bengals Nation podcast.